Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. You know how it works in the sports world. A guy steps up to the free throw line and the announcer says, he has made 10 in a row. You know what's going to happen, right? He's going to miss the next one. Well, just before I came up, Tim and Stephanie were saying that they are concerned I'm going to get my foot caught and practice my uh, Tom Riley belly flop on the communion table. That hasn't happened yet, but I've made 10 free throws in a row, so we'll see. This morning we talked about multifocal vision, nearsightedness, looking inside, figuring out who we really are. I forgot to mention, and if you didn't notice it, or if you would now like to have it, since I'm going to tell you about it, on the back of the outline was a personal spiritual growth survey that you can take for yourself. I failed to mention that. If you would like to see that, get a copy of that, I'll be glad to give it to you. Because it's our job to look with our nearsighted vision to know who we really are. And I think we can appreciate that who we really are through Jesus Christ is far more than we can ever be without him. And it's because of that nearsighted look that we can now take a farsighted look. The other part of the farsighted vision is to think into the future. And I want us to spend just a few minutes tonight with a farsighted look. This morning, the church at Laodicea in Revelation 3 was a church that God said, you need to have eye salve because you don't see yourself. Your eyes are messed up. They're not working properly. And even if they had put in the contacts or put on the glasses, without the eye salve, their eyes weren't working. So their nearsighted vision was off. But we have a church tonight in Philadelphia. This church had good, far-sighted vision because of what God is going to say to and about them. In this text, we learn about the far-sighted vision being connected to God's open doors. And so for a few minutes, I want you to think with me I want you to notice some doors that God wants us to be looking for, seeking. We're going to use some passages in um, this text. We'll also be using uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And noticing some doors 
that God opens in the future. And as we as a church have farsighted vision and we're looking down the road, these are the doors to what can be. This is who we can be. As I said, it begins with who each one of us is. When we pool who we are, when we combine who we are, then we are a great force for the Lord as a church. And then we think about what is our potential future? What kind of doors are out there in our far-sighted vision? Let's begin right here in this text of Revelation 3. And I want you to notice he says in verse 8, after having said, God opens and shuts, no one can shut or open what God opens and shuts. Look at verse 8. I know your works. I want to suggest to you, first of all, in far-sighted vision, we will be looking for designer doors. Now, there are all kinds of doors. I just happened to notice today 25, a site of 25 different kinds of doors. Our designer Thompson is here, and he can probably tell me there's more than that. I don't know. But designer doors. Our front doors often say something about who we are. The barn says something, barn door says something about who that is. Every door says, it meets me, it fits me, this is what I want. And God says, I have a designer door for you. To the church in Philadelphia, I know your works. God designs those open doors. God opens or God shuts. And it's based upon who we are as people of God. He opens doors for us. I think it's fascinating to me today that I try to find something out about the church in Philadelphia. Can't find anything even in history. The city doesn't even exist anymore. It's been wiped out. But in God's foreseeable future, for those people, he said, I have a door for you. And it's based upon who they were. As we think about who we're going to be, as we look down the road as to what is coming, we need to be looking for God's designer doors for us. <clears throat> and those doors will be based on who we are. These designer doors really say something about what our talents are. Think about the collection of talents in this room and online people who are with us. Think about all of the things that we could tap in resources from the talent level of the people of this church. Those are the places where God is going to open doors. He's going to use the talents that are in this room. God is going to open designer doors based on our plans. 
God's not in the business, I don't think, of opening doors for people who don't want to plan for a door. God is saying, when you are ready, I'm going to open a door. Make a plan. We're in the midst right now of the plan to build and add on. That illustrates not only this concept, but it also is about the future. It's about that open door. When we, when we add on to this facility, what doors are going to be open just because of that? We have to think about that. The plans that we have made, one of them, just to show you. We were talking yesterday in the food assembly time. We talked about if you were here or have heard or seen, because they started in here and went around, they moved pews out of the way, they covered the sides of the walls with cardboard so that people's wagons wouldn't bump into the doors and mess them up. And somebody said, next year, we just might be doing it over there in that fellowship area. Multi-purpose, that family life center, that whole big area wide open. And we're going to be putting food boxes together. And how much easier that's going to be. And then Kathy said, and yeah. And we'll have those freezers and those big refrigerators and all the stuff that we need will be all right there together. Isn't that going to be cool? I said, yep, that'll be cool. Maybe it is in God's time that the designer door of our addition has been opened because of our plans. The designer door is based on your desires. What do you want? What do you want this church to be? As you move forward in your life 10, 15, 20 years from now, what kind of church do you want this church to be? It'll be what we want it to be. It'll be what we desire it to be. Because that's how God does with doors. Because he said, look, I know your works. He looked at them. He designed a door, and he opened it. As we look into the future, God is looking at our works. He's designing doors, and we need to be looking for the designer door. Number two in this text, verse 8. I found it interesting that he said, you have a little strength. I think we should be looking for power assist doors. Now, you know what those are, right? Those are, those are really cool. I don't know, two, three months ago, Emmett Madden. I was coming down the hallway, and he's standing at the door of my office, and his hand is lodged in the door. He's not crying. He's just. And I pushed the door quickly. And he said, I mean, there was a big gash, not bleeding, just a big indention in his fingers. He just took off. 
You know what the problem is? Those doors are heavy. Have you noticed that? My office, for sure, heavy door. People come all the time and say, what in the world is this door so hard to open? That's how preachers get their workouts. They open heavy doors. That's, that's what we do. Well, but a power assist door, pretty cool. A power assist door says, you push it a little bit, and it exaggerates the work that you've done. A power assist door uses the momentum and the effort and the pressure that you engaged and does it even quicker and easier. God said to the Philadelphia church, you have a little strength. Now, God is in the business of taking what we do and magnifying it. That's what he does. And that's what he's doing with Philadelphia. We should be looking for power assist doors. Yes, they are designer based on our talents, based on our plans, and based on our desires. But we can even do more than that. Maybe we're not sure, but we do a little effort and let God take over. Maybe we give it a good old try. Maybe we launch out into new things and let God use our momentum to power assist it through. That's the kind of doors we need to be looking for. They're going to be based on the successes we've already had. Because we can use those victories for future victories. They're going to be based on our failures. Because where we have learned lessons, God takes the lessons we have learned when we apply them and he multiplies them for us. It's a power assist door. We're about making sure that we don't just sit around and expect God to do all the work. But when we apply the effort, God magnifies it. That's the door of our future. God power assisting us through areas we may not even have thought about yet. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. There were three passages in the New Testament that talk about God opening doors. The one we've just considered, now 1 Corinthians 16, 9, and 2 Corinthians 2, starting verse 12. But in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, Paul said, A great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. We need to be looking for security doors. What I mean by that is, when we start doing stuff, when God is opening doors and we're doing things with them, people are going to hop up. And try to oppose. The adversaries will be out there. Paul said, these are effective doors. This is something that I have. But the adversaries are there. We have to realize that when we start moving forward, or as we continue to move forward, there will be times that people will hop up and say, I don't like it. I want to stop you. We get a little squeamish as people because we live in a 
age of lawsuits. What if we preach against this and they try to come and challenge us? Well, you know, if preaching the truth causes that kind of opposition, we just learn to deal with it. And we don't have to be in people's faces. We don't have to grind them into the ground. But we certainly don't change the message just to make it easier for us to handle life. Our security doors will be based on what our real faith is. Who are we as a church? As we move forward, what's our faith going to be? Are we going to be a sound church in the future? Timothy was told by Paul about being a sound church, working with these churches for soundness? Do we want to be, what kind of church are we leaving to our children and our grandchildren? Will these be guardian security doors that says, with our faith we will move forward, with our conviction, with our commitment, we're going to move forward in our future, our farsightedness, we're going to be challenged. Things are going to happen. Things are going to be difficult. We may have to do some fighting, if you will, because the devil is out there. He's not going to bother people who aren't trying to do anything. He'll just let them sit and sleep. But if we're trying to do something, he's going to step up his actions. The final door is 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Starting in verse 12, Paul said, I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Now thanks be to God. Who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. We need to be looking for doors of ventilation. Because as a church, as Christian people, we are the scent of God to the world. We are the scent of God, S-E-N-T. God said, go. But we are the scent of God, S-C-E-N-T, where people sense God through us. One of my favorite times of the year is after we've come fully and completely out of winter. And those doors and windows that have been shut and shuttered and locked and keeping everything out, open them all up. And now, fresh air is flowing inside and out. Maybe the last vestiges of somebody's grilling come floating through the door. I love those things. That's what God says about us as a church. The scent of God should come from us.
when Calvin Baldwin had his surgery. His sister from Arkansas came to spend a few days with him. As I met her over at Cardinal Hill, and Jack was there many times and visited with her, she said, oh, I know you. I've never met her. She said, I know you and I know y'all because I've been a part of your church for a year. Our online opportunity has been her church for the past year. Diffusing the fragrance of Christ, that presence is doing that in so many places. You'll hear, I hope, soon, the numbers of people who are involved in our online presence. And then all the things that we're doing, like the food baskets, the teddy bears, the food bag for Kit Carson. We are diffusing the fragrance of Christ. As we have farsighted vision, we need to look for these doors because God is going to open them. We just have to be willing to walk in. Because number two, it's about opportunity. When God opens a door, he provides an opportunity. In Galatians 6 and verse 10, God said, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all men. He did not say, if we have opportunity. He did not say, we might have opportunity. He says, as we have opportunity. Interestingly enough, the word opportunity is actually the word time. That's what opportunity is. Opportunity is in that moment, this is my time. In that moment, will I grab it and will I do something with it? But then there are also those moments that just keep going. It's an opportunity that lasts many moments, a lot of time into the future. Tonight in our far-sighted view. I want us to look for God's open doors because they're going to be out there. As a church and as individuals, they're out there. And whether we take advantage of them and fulfill and take advantage of that opportunity is up to us. That opportunity is going to come through the leadership of our shepherds. They're going to come through the leadership of the men who lead areas of work as deacons. They're going to come through ministry opportunities, both men and women, young people. All kinds of doors open in all kinds of places because we are all kinds of different people. And we need to be ready. We need to see who we can be because of who we are. I asked a question this morning. 
Maybe you remember it. I said, do you ever just get tired of yourself? I received a text message this afternoon from Chris Kohler, one of our former graduate student guys, dear friend, he and his wife and little girl, about four years old. They have been online with us for a long time. And he texted me today to say, her name is Blair, little girl. When you asked that question this morning, do you ever get tired of yourself? She was apparently distracted doing stuff, but not really. Because she said, no, I don't. <laughs> and just kept on what she was doing. <laughs> you know what that tells me? That tells me that people are listening. We may not even realize they're listening. We may not realize that they're noticing. But there are open doors. There are opportunities. And you and I need to be aware of them. Because there will always be opportunities from God. As we close tonight, you have an opportunity to get right with the Lord. That's what we're here for. That's what we want to help you do. As we sing together, our shepherds will hear meet you at the front. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.